here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, The 16th largest bank in the United States collapsed. Collapsed today. Here's the way the Associated Press writes it. The U.S. rushed to seize the assets of Silicon Valley Bank on Friday. That's today, after a run on the bank, the largest failure of a financial institution since Washington Mutual during the height of the financial crisis more than a decade ago. Silicon Valley, the nation's 16th largest bank, failed after depositors, mostly technology workers and venture capital-backed companies, hurried to withdraw their money this week as anxiety over the bank's situation spread. Silicon Valley was heavily deposit-exposed, rather, to tech industry, and there is little chance of contagion in the banking sector, similar to the chaos in the months leading up to the Great Recession more than a decade ago. I'm reading to you as the AP reports it. 2007, the biggest financial crisis since the Great Depression, rippled across the globe after mortgage-backed securities tied to ill-advised housing loans rippled from the U.S. to Asia to Europe. You remember all that? Remember all that? The Clinton administration, Andrew Cuomo, who was the head of HUD, uh, the Barney Frank, Chris Dye. Remember all that stuff? Where they forced these banks, these mortgage institutions, to lend money to people uh, based on where they lived, based on their ethnicity and race, even though they couldn't afford them? Do you remember all that? The panic on what, and it's not just them, obviously, but that was one of the big pushes uh, that helped lead to it as well as the recklessness generally. The panic on Wall Street led to the collapse of the storied Lehman Brothers, founded in 1847. So it had a ripple effect, a cascading disruption of the global financial system. And so they go on, major banks today have sufficient capital to avoid a similar situation, though the sector has been under pressure all week. Silicon Valley Bank's failure came with incredible speed, with some industry analysts on Friday 
suggesting it was a good company, it's still likely a wise investment. Silicon Valley Bank executives were looking to raise capital early Friday or find additional investors, but trading in the shares was halted before the opening bell due to extreme volatility. And shortly before noon Eastern time today, the FDIC moved to shutter the bank. Notably, the FDIC did not wait until the close of business to seize the bank, as is typical in an ordinary wind-down of a financial institution. The FDIC could not immediately find a buyer for the bank's assets, signaling how fast depositors had cashed out. And now the bank's deposits will be locked up in receivership. And it goes on. So you have to ignore all the propaganda, quite frankly. You have to ignore all the propaganda and say, wait a minute, the 16th largest bank in the country went belly up. Because depositors no longer trusted uh, the security at the bank. You look at this proposal that Biden's put forward for this country, which would raise taxes almost $6 trillion, which would create a single year's budget of $6.8 trillion built on all the spending that already took place as the baseline, which will raise the debt from $31.5 trillion today to $51 trillion in 10 years. Were the Interest rate payments. The interest rate payments on the debt itself are massive, devouring and sucking up the rest of the budget. With no plan to reform Social Security and Medicare to protect those who are on them, obviously, <coughs> but to grandfather in those folks and to deal with the rest of No plan. With massive new programs. Now, it's interesting. I didn't know anything about this bank. I didn't know anything about this bank when I told you yesterday what I do. You know, what I do. To protect our own income here and so forth. And it's something you really should think about. You should get some gold. Maybe you should get some gems or jewels. I don't mean commercial, I mean the good stuff. In other words, some tangibles. And frankly, if you're going to get gold, in my personal opinion, you don't want gold bars and stuff. You want coins, preferably Canadian coins, gold. So you can use them as currency or use them as investment. Don't go crazy. Don't put all your money in it, but you ought to have a little bit of it put away, in my view. And maybe a little bit of cash on hand. And uh, I have a plastic bucket, rubberized, I guess, but plastic bucket of food that lasts 15 years. 15 years, about 30 days worth. You see what happens when there's a run on markets. You see what happens during the pandemic. You see what happens during these so-called supply chain problems. 
you know, 20 years ago, I never would have done this. But it's not 20 years ago. You don't have to be scared or anything. You need to be thinking. The stock market had its worst week since the beginning of the year. And because the employment rate was somewhat, the the new jobs rate was somewhat higher than expected, it may seem counterintuitive to you, but the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates even more. This bank could not withstand the increases in interest rates. And many businesses can't. So I want you to think about this. You're going to increase the corporate income tax. You're going to increase taxes on small businesses. You know, when they say anybody earns over $400,000 a year, there's a lot of small businesses that fall into that. And earning $400,000 a year isn't enormous if you're a small business. Hiring people, paying for product and material, overhead, facilities, rent, ownership, property taxes, and on and on and on. So that's a blanket that covers a lot of people and a lot of small businesses. And so he wants to attack them. A hundred million dollars is a lot for an individual, no question. It's not a lot for a small business. And he's attacking them too. And if he gets his way, he wants a wealth tax. And so everything this president does and everything the Democrat Party does is intended to make it harder to make a buck. Whether you're an oil company whether you're a farmer, whether you're a rancher, whether you're a small business person with a grocery store, whether you're, you have a little mechanic business, an automobile business, it doesn't matter. Everything they're doing is going to make it harder to make a buck. And everything they're doing with energy and food and so forth is going to make it harder for you to make a buck and keep a buck. So they're, what they're doing is they're going to turn and turn and turn the wheel harder and harder and harder against those who create wealth, those who create jobs, those who have jobs, those who have some money to save, those who have pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. They're going to make it harder and harder to you as they push people further and further to the edge because the government needs and wants your money. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. And so they can spell it in a thousand different ways. And in this new budget, and I'll get to this soon, right after the break, we talked about all the new massive taxes. Massive. Against wealth creation. Against entrepreneurship. Against savings. Against pensions. Against hard-working Americans. Wealthy, middle class, and lower middle class. It's massive, the pressures that he's going to place on you. But the government gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars wasted. Hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars spent. Incredibly outrageous political decisions that are made to subsidize the Democrat Party base. Whether it's the expansion of welfare, or on the other end, whether it's student loan forgiveness, quote-unquote, massive debt created. 
to empower the Democrat Party base, to redistribute wealth, to get votes, to empower themselves. And screw the country. This isn't economics. I don't even know why we call it economics. It's not economics. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. What what people are not telling you is that Biden wants to create additional entitlements. That is, programs that can never be cut and only expanded. As pointed out by IssuesInsights.com, he wants to create a brand new child care and preschool benefits program for $600 billion. An entitlement. He wants to expand Obamacare and Medicaid subsidies. $534 $534 billion, half a trillion. More college aid, including free community college, $217 billion. A new entitlement. Paid family and medical leave, $325 billion, a brand new entitlement. Expanded child care tax credit, $429 billion. Again, a brand new entitlement. Earned income tax credit changes, increases in expansion to $156 billion. That's $1.8 trillion in new entitlement spending. And it all comes through increases in mandatory spending, entitlements. He has no cuts. All the so-called deficit reduction is in massive tax increases. Massive tax increases, which will do nothing to stabilize the debt. As I said, his budget will kick the debt from $31.6 trillion to $51 trillion in less than 10 years. This country has never seen anything like this. And for Joe Biden, he thinks this is a massive legacy-setting success. Having dumped this on the table, he now says, okay, now I'm ready to negotiate with Kevin McCarthy. I want you to think about that. Trillions and trillions in tax increases. We just had a bank go under. 
We're trying to rebuild our industrial heart. We're trying to get manufacturing back into the country. We're going to have a capital gains tax that's higher than communist China's. We're going to have a corporate income tax that's higher than communist China's. How are we going to get these businesses back? How? The federal government's part of the entire economy on a yearly basis will grow from 19.6% of the gross domestic product to just under 25% of the gross domestic product. I want you to think about that. The average over the last 70 years has been 17%. 17%. And the deficits never go below $1 trillion a year for the next decade. For the next decade. And then he'll go out on the campaign trail and he'll say, anybody who opposes any aspect of this, they want to cut this, they want to cut that, and here I want to help the middle class, bottom up, middle out, when he's destroying us. He's destroying the whole economy. He's destroyed immigration in the border. He's destroying the currency. We have a bank that just won under the 16th biggest bank in America. He's destroyed energy independence. He's undermining and destroying the, the number one status of the United States military. You know what he's doing? He's recommending a 3.5% increase in defense spending. When inflation is 6 to 9%, depending on how you analyze it. So that is a cut in defense spending. The number one job of the federal government. Yet he's increasing the budget of the Department of Education by 13%, Mr. Producer. 13% for more drag queens, more CRT, more of the same. It's really quite appalling. This man is destroying America. He's doing it faster than anybody anticipated. He's destroying your pension. He's destroying our government school system. He is destroying our sovereignty and our immigration system. He's destroying our energy system. He's destroying it all. Why? Because he's Bernie Sanders in Joe Biden mask. I'll be right back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. 
Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. And so this is this is the Biden budget. Thomas Barabi, New York Post, excessive Biden budget would cause national debt to hear nearly, hit nearly $51 trillion by 2033. Now, what are your children and grandchildren going to do? It'll be bad enough for the rest of us. He's going to balloon the federal debt bigger than it's already been ballooned, folks. It is, it is unbelievable. Even a group like the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget said this is excessive. It's very, it's way excessive. And they provide a chart, the New York Post, and there's a red line that goes through the paper, through the top of the paper. And you have the House Republicans who are trying to stabilize the debt. And I want to remind you that Mitch McConnell and 18 of his Republican rhinos voted with him for this massive spending on top of everything else. Massive. So massive tax hikes, which is going to be a major additional dislocation factor in the economy. Massive new entitlements, which is going to be an incredible new drag on the economy. What does this damn fool think he's doing? We're being run by a bunch of Marxist amateurs and a bunch of phony historians who tell, Joe, this is how you can be famous for the rest of time. This is how you can become immortal, like Franklin Roosevelt. He's destroying the country in every respect. And then he wants to run and he wants you to think it's the Republicans who are cutting cops and Social Security and Medicare. On top of everything else, he is a pathological liar and an incredibly dumb, inane human being, and he always has been, as I've pointed out for 20 years on the air. And he wants to be president again. And if the media have their way, and if the FBI and the Department of Justice have their way, he will be. If Zuckerberg and the hundreds of millions that he pours into elections, if he has his way, and the Democrat states that change our voting systems to accommodate and, and ensure Democrat victories, if they have their way, and shh, wait a minute, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Are you an election denier? an insurrectionist no 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 and if the Supreme Court dares to step in if the Supreme Court dares to step in and return us to our constitutional system where the state legislatures have the final word not activist Democrat judges then they need to be trashed their independence needs to be destroyed they have to be turned into another Democrat Party institution. We have to expand the court and then pack the court. Yes, that's the ticket. Shh. 
won't talk about this. You're not allowed to talk about it. And yet that's exactly what's going on. It's like the Democrat Party insane asylum. The doors are wide open and they're off to the races. That's what it's like. That's what's taking place here. I may have spoken too soon, Mr. Producer. I sound like a flip-flopper, flop-flipper. I become aware of two schools in Loudoun County, including an elementary school and a middle school in Virginia. I was made aware of this today. We're in music class in one of the schools. They had a special flag. I think it was an LGBTQ plus flag. Plus the Black Panther fist in the middle of the flag. In the music room and then later at a concert, I believe. And also disputed another school involving a transitioning young person. Middle school. And the school district and the school told the parents of a little girl that your little girl either goes to the same bathroom as that individual who's a biological boy, or they go into an independent, quote-unquote, bathroom that allows boys and girls. Now, this is in public school, Rich. In Loudoun County, Virginia. Then I saw an interview of the governor, Glenn Youngkin. He's left breadcrumbs everywhere suggesting he wants to run for president. Governor Youngkin, you have a lot more work to do here in Virginia, my brother. And people who interview you on TV and radio, they need to be a little bit more pointed. I don't mean rude, pointed about what it is exactly you've accomplished. You're the parents' governor. I keep hearing this over and over again. Why is this still happening in schools in Virginia? It doesn't happen in schools in Florida where the governor puts his foot down. Why is this still happening in Virginia? I suppose you could make the case that the Democrats control the Senate by, I think it's one or two votes. But I don't even hear him talking about this, Rich, do you? And I'm not, again, I'm not, I, 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 I want to like the guy. He's very likable. But we need people who are going to get things done. Get things done. Why am I still hearing about this in Loudoun County, Virginia? After two young girls were raped in their school system. And what's with the flags? We don't even allow the Pledge of Allegiance, you know? What, what's with the flags? There shouldn't be these kinds of flags in the classroom or in any assembly room. What is this? Who's going to clean it up if not the governor? I mean, when we win these elections, when we win them on parental rights, parents can't go in there and rip down the flags. How about a few executive orders like we see coming out of the White House, coming out of Richmond, or these other state capitals where we have these Republican governors? I don't know what Sununu's doing up there in New Hampshire. 
I could tell you in Vermont what they're doing. In Burlington, Vermont now, illegal aliens can vote. Now you see the the Democrats, what they're doing, the radical left-wing media and the others, how they defend them. Don't tell us about replacement theory. So what we have going on here, as they take away the barriers to fraud, even voter ID and so forth, as the Democrats put in place a system that promotes fraud and enshrines it and then says, see, we're following the law. Whether it's voting months before or counting votes weeks after and voter harvesting and on and on and on, for God's sakes. Because apparently it's too difficult for people to vote. You would think they're, they're on the battlefield or something somewhere. But it's all a lie. The whole thing is a lie. But my point is this. If, if you weaken the voting protections against fraud, and then you let illegal immigrants vote, then what exactly are you doing in these Democrat strongholds? You're promoting fraud. And how do you stop these people from voting in federal elections? You can't. In a lot of these states, you can't. Why do you think this is all happening in liberal enclaves and Democrat enclaves? It doesn't happen in Republican areas. Why do you think the Democrats keep pushing for this? If you don't have voter ID and you allow illegal aliens to vote, that's pretty cool, isn't it, Mr. Producer? I think you've just stuffed the ballot boxes. Then they keep asking us, can you prove it? Can you prove it? Isn't it amazing? You and I, we have to be like uh, our own FBI, if you will, but on the up and up. We have to conduct our own investigations in order to, can you prove it? Because the media certainly aren't going to look, and the Democrats certainly aren't going to Can you prove it? Well, we'd like access to the ballot. No! Well, look at these videos. Ah, what about them? What are you, nuts? Can you prove it? No, I mean, under these circumstances, I... Well, there you go. There you go. You can't prove it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? 
they'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. I mean, we are under assault. We are under assault. There's simply no question about what's taking place now. Biden has put these Marxist radicals in one position after another. One position after another. And we're having to fight back if we even know what's going on. If we even know what's going on. So this is the problem. Now, when we come back, there's a lot more to get into here, America. But I first want you to hear from Biden on the biggest threat to our economy. Make America great again is the biggest threat to our economy. Cut for a go. And now the biggest threat to our recovery is the reckless talk. The reckless talk, my MAGA friends, this is not yours, I heard me say, it's not your father's Republican Party, but the Republican... He said that in 1988 about the Republican... This guy, if he's anything, he's adult. D-O-L-T. Go. It's Congress. They, uh, they, they, well, what they want to do with regard to... They haven't been able to do a damn thing, clown. You've had the complete control of the economy. You and McConnell. And you've destroyed it. You destroyed a vibrant, growing economy. Growing from the bottom up, the middle out, the top down, and in every other direction. The only people doing well are billionaire Democrat leftists. Making a fortune off your phony climate changes. You redistribute wealth. From the working class American to the billionaire Democrats. And that's what the Republicans need to start to explain, for God's sakes. That's what they need to explain. He's taking money from you and giving it to his multi-billionaire friends who are doing the solar panels and the windmills and this crap and that crap. Why do you think all these billionaires with all their dark money, they're backing Biden? Why do you think? Because they're making out like bandits. We have all these billionaire Democrat left-wing oligarchs. Soros, to name one, one schmuck. He's killing us. Economically. Destroying the country. I don't know how we're going to reverse course if we don't draw a line. It's like on immigration. I don't know how we're going to reverse course on everything that he's done so far. He's done more damage to this country in two years than communist China, fascistic Russia, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, and the inbred in North Korea combined. You understand that? He and his party have done more damage to this country in the short term, in the midterm, in the long run. Than anybody else can. Because they're using freedom in the Constitution to destroy freedom and the Constitution. As well as your livelihood. I'll be right back. 
This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, let me tell you a little secret, America. My wife's out right now, and... Did I tell everybody we got these two little dogs, Mr. Producer? Well, we adopted two dogs. One is about seven months old. One's about five months old. I'll put some pictures up later. One is part lab. He looks a little greyhound to me. I don't know. He's the bigger one. The smaller one is half miniature poodle. And Bijan, he's a fluffball. Both little boys, both have endless energy. The larger dog we're calling Ronnie, like Reagan, and the smaller dog we had more difficulty naming. We didn't want some goofy name, so we call him Toby. Ronnie and Toby. We got them last Sunday. They're a handful, and it turns out they're not completely house-trained, especially the little one. So we have gated off a relatively big area. Uh, early on, they, they left their mark on a couple of the rugs, and these are not the cheapest rugs in the world. <coughs> and uh, so we've sort of cleaned that up. And so the area they're in, there are no rugs. So it's kind of the kitchen area and beyond. So we have these gates. And they have plenty of room to run and so forth. Sarani, the bigger one, is incredibly intelligent, and he's figured out how to move the gates. So to counter that, we've had to move some chairs to secure the gates, Mr. Producer in America. Um... Ronnie, to some extent, has figured out how to move the chairs. So the chairs have been moved again to secure the gates. And by God, I I, I thought they were in a place where, where they couldn't be moved, seriously. So while I'm down here, doing the show from the bunker... I hear the pitter-patter of feet above my head. So they escaped again. And so that's why I was just a touch like getting back to the microphone. I didn't see any, uh, how shall I say, bombs or puddles. So I must have gotten there just in the nick of time. But I've tried to re-secure where it looks like. Ronnie opened the uh, opened the gates. But this is going to be a lot of work. I can see that already. So um, 
we must take them out six, seven times a day, Rich. It's a lot. And yet there's still accidents. Six, seven times a day. So this, we're going to keep them, obviously, but this is going to be quite the, uh, quite the, the exercise here. The problem is I can't get a lot of things done, and neither can my wife when we're doing this. And now we have a buddy who helps us, our buddy Mike. But still, can't be there all day. They get a ton of exercise, so forth and so on, but uh, we've got our work cut out for us. And that's the nature of having puppies. I remember when I brought Barney home. He was two, two and a half years old. The owner, for reasons I do understand and will never understand, he was uh, house trained. And that first night, I put him on a little doggy bed next to the bed, and he jumped on the bed. And I said, okay, this is where you'll sleep from now on, on the bed next to me. Never had any (laughs) issues with the, you know, the stuff in the house. Until he got much older, until Marty got much older, where they really can't control, to some extent, what they're doing, which is sad enough. So I'm explaining myself to you. We have a judge in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is the worst judges. And you heard Julie Kelly on this program yesterday. This judge denied a January 6th defendant's bid for time to review the Capitol security footage. Now, any lawyer who's been a lawyer for more than 30 seconds, any law student who's been a law student for more than 30 seconds knows that that is a rational request of a court. You want to look at the footage the government has had and has not allowed you to look at in order to determine if there's anything among those video that might help your defendant, that is your client. And this is a rational request. It seems to me the government should have given it to every single lawyer who's defending somebody from day one. From day one. And yet they withheld them. America, they withheld them. And this is from Politico. The judge said he worried that widely permitting January 6th defendants to slow down their criminal proceedings in order to review this footage could derail dozens of trials. So what? The issue isn't the efficiency of the court. It's due process for the individual. And I hope Supreme Court justices are paying attention. It's this Judge James Boesberg appointed by Obama, a complete disgrace and disaster. A federal judge on Friday denied a January 6th defendant's request to delay her imminent trial in order to review thousands of hours of security footage recently made available by Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Notice the January 6th committee and Speaker Pelosi did not make it available. U.S. District Court Judge James Bosberg said he understood why Sarah Carpenter, 
is facing two felony charges for her actions at the Capitol, would like time to review the material. But he said she had failed to explain why any additional footage of her motive or of her movements inside the building will be exculpatory, particularly when prosecutors already turned over footage of the vast majority of Capitol's 34 minutes inside the building. This is a disgrace. What if there's 10 seconds of, of, of video? I'm just throwing it out there, showing... Capitol Police allowing her in, escorting her in. I mean, how can this judge presume what exists when he has no idea? And so he's just relying on the prosecutors in the 34 minutes of their tape? That's not what defendants' rights are. That's not what defense counsel are all about. Roseberg's ruling is the latest ripple caused by McCarthy's decision to widen access. Oh, it's McCarthy's fault. So defendants can have access to video. This is polit- this is the left in America. They're all friggin' totalitarians. And these judges are useless. Give us your damn black robes back, you jerks. Prosecutors opposed Carpenter's request, saying they had pieced together the overwhelming amount of her movements using CCTV footage, leaving only a matter of seconds unaccounted for. Carpenter already has access to a massive trove of CCTV footage, they noted, and defendants have the ability to request specific camera angles. No, 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 no. They want to review the tapes. They're not limited to what the prosecutors say they can or cannot have. And for a judge to agree with them is disgusting! We don't have what the speaker has, says Assistant U.S. Attorney Christopher Cook, adding, in any case, there's always the possibility some information may be out there. You believe this? Ever hear of a case called Brady versus Maryland? It was a famous Supreme Court case way back 60 years ago. In fact, 60 years ago, in 1963, it was argued on March 17th, and March 18th, it was decided on May 13th. You know what the primary holding was there? The government's withholding of evidence that is material to the determination of either guilt or punishment of a criminal defendant violates the defendant's constitutional right to due process. And around courthouses every day you hear about the Brady Rule, the Brady Rule. Give us the evidence you have, government. The Brady Rule. And now we have a judge who just violated the Brady versus Maryland Rule. For those who care, 373 U.S. 83, 1963. Maybe somebody should send it to this judge. And all these genius judges with their black robes, the honorables, of course, in the Washington, D.C. court system. The government is not free to withhold evidence that could be material in the determination of somebody's guilt or innocence or punishment of a criminal defendant. It violates their constitutional due process rights. You know, this came up in a major case involving the deceased Senator Ted Stevens. 
were prosecutors from the public integrity section of the criminal division of the Justice Department went after Mr. Stevens and withheld exculpatory evidence. And they knew they withheld it. And they didn't care. And of course, they got a conviction in a D.C. court. Ted Stevens was up for re-election. He lost by a couple thousand votes to a Democrat. But he had a great lawyer by the name, you may have heard of him, Brendan Sullivan. And Sullivan kept raising issues and concerns. And, and the court had enough sense to appoint a former federal judge to investigate. And that former federal judge did investigate. And it was a thorough and serious investigation. He looked at thousands and thousands of pages of documents and notes. And he found horrific evidence of Brady violations and violations of other rules of professional conduct that lawyers are supposed to comply with. And he saw cover-up by several federal prosecutors who are no longer practicing law. Among other things, there was an exculpatory note. You see, they said that he illegally used campaign funds to have work done on his house, among many other allegations. He denied it. He said that was never the intent. They literally had a note that he'd given the the construction boss, supervisor, that said in so many words, send me your bills so I can pay them. Now, that note was never turned over to Brendan Sullivan and to the Stevens team, among a lot of other exculpatory information. Senator Stevens didn't even remember the note, but he did not and had no intention of using funds illegally to pay for the work. In fact, the opposite. They railroaded him. A United States senator, the chairman of the Appropriations Committee, who'd been a senator for 40 years. They railroaded him. Unfortunately, two years later, he would die in a plane crash. As would others in Alaska. And that happens a lot for some reason. So he never even knew the outcome of this. And in that very same courthouse, with that very same Department of Justice, you have average citizens who want to use government-held videotape, or at least have their lawyers review them, and possibly present aspects of them 
in order to defend themselves. And we have a federal judge who says it's going to slow down the process, America. It's going to slow it down. What if every defendant wants to look at the videotapes? What if every defendant that we've convicted wants to look at the videotapes? What if every defendant who we forced to plea wants to look at the videotapes? What if everybody in jail that we put in jail wants to look at the videotapes? We can't have that. What has this country become? Where's the ACLU? Where's the Civil Liberties Group? Where are the American media? What have we become? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Brady. If you're defending one of these January 6th individuals, you should file whatever motions you need to file. You should raise Brady versus Maryland. You should demand an emergency appeal to the circuit, which is not much better than the district level, but figure out a way to get it as close to the Supreme Court as you can. Build your record. Because what's going on here, historians will look back, it'll be taught in law schools, assuming the country's still around one day, on what is the greatest injustice, the greatest mass injustice in American history when it comes to our court system. Over the issue of due process, these people have not had constitutionally adequate due process. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, 
Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L E V I N Podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If the world seems so confusing, Mike will be glad to clear that up for you. Call in now at 877 381 3811. All right. Kevin McCarthy, I think, has been very, very solid. Don't you? Don't you? Now it's early yet, but the man has done things that nobody expected him to do but us here, you and me. He certainly has kept his word. And he's in a very difficult position with the spending situation. He's got the Senate Republican majority leader, minority leader against him. He's got the Democrat leader in the Senate against him, the Democrat leader in the House, the president. There's only so much they can do. Soon enough, he'll have uh, be under attack. They'll be saying that he wants to destroy the, the good credit of the United States. And MAGA, he's a MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. And that comes from the maggot, Biden, who's been on the government dull his entire life. And I don't just mean America, I mean communist China, too. Now, here's Kevin McCarthy on Fox Business today. He's on Maria with Maria Bartiromo. Let me say a word about Maria Bartiromo. I do not know her well. But she's one of the smartest, most interesting most substantive reporters, and I don't just mean business reporters, that I've ever watched. She's on the Fox Business Channel. She's on Fox News Channel on Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern. She gets tremendous ratings, and there's a reason for it. So, of course, they're trying to destroy Maria, and they're trying to smear Maria, as they have moi and others. Ignore them. Ignore them. If Maria were a leftist, if she were on the Today Show, there'd be covers on People Magazine, Vanity Fair, you know, all the rest of it, celebrating her, you know. But because she's not a sellout, she's a serious reporter. Well, we have to crush her, you know, we have to destroy her. We see this happen over and over and over again. I don't put up with it. I want nothing to do with it. She's terrific. Now, where was I? Kevin McCarthy. On her show. Today. Fox Business. Cut nine. Go. 
We cannot raise the debt ceiling without coming to an agreement. The American public understands that more than 74% believe that. We're at, we're at a tipping point with our debt. So this is an opportunity that we all can come together. I've asked to sit down with the president from the first day I became speaker to start talking about this. Because, look, you, your viewers are some of the smartest viewers on television. They understand what a debt ceiling is. It's like giving a credit card to your kids and they charged it all the way up. So you know you have to pay it, but you don't continue that same behavior. You find a new path of how you spend your money. And I want to sit down with the president, be responsible, be sensible of what we do, but we've got to, we've got to change our spending to put us in a path to balance. Isn't it sad McConnell didn't do that before he helped Schumer and the Marxists? And those 18 clown Senate Republicans, isn't it a shame they didn't do that and take care of business in the Senate first and dumped it all in the Laps of the Republicans in the House. And Biden, you see what an evil, nasty, narcissistic moron this guy is when he speaks. Reagan. Tax the rich. It's like, ooh, God. Anyway, so uh, that's what McCarthy's up against. He's up against McConnell, Schumer, Hakeem. Where's Hakeem? And, of course, Biden. Now, in Philadelphia yesterday, uh, Joe Biden, by the way, he's in Wilmington today, as you can imagine. Uh, We didn't know that the classified documents were there. We were too busy to look, but he's there all the time. Just too busy. Where's my cocoa? Anyway, Biden in Philadelphia yesterday, this is going to make you grind your teeth. Particularly police officers out there. Cut 11, go! MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police departments and defunding the FBI now. That's a good one. I like that one. All right, so let's stop. MAGA Republicans. You know, when I listened to Trump's speech last weekend at CPAC, it was a great speech. And one of many reasons was he used the word Marxism and Marxists. These guys are not afraid of using the word MAGA to try and create an impression that doesn't exist. They're not afraid of calling people white supremacists and racists. These people are Marxists. And until we get used to calling them what they are, we can't really beat them. If we're not willing to define them what they actually are, what's the point? But I'm seeing it more. I even think the subtitle on Ted Cruz's book talks about cultural Marxism or something. I'm sure I'm in the acknowledgement section or a footnote there, don't you think, Mr. Producer? I want to thank my friend Mark Levin for pushing this word Marxism out there. But in any event, MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police story. You know what he means by that? Remember he wanted to vote on that five and a half to six trillion dollar bill that turned out to be over three trillion dollars? Can you imagine if that had been voted? Every Republican voted against it. Every damn one of them. That was before the omnibus bill. And states had the option of using the money for anything they wanted to use it for in certain amounts. Not all of it, but part of it. So Biden takes from that 
And the Democrats take from that that because the Republicans voted against it, and they're all MAGA Republicans, and they voted against it, therefore, they voted against funding the police. You got that, Mr. Producer? This is sick. Joe Biden has linguini between his ears. Linguini. That's what he's got. Linguini. Yes, MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police department. No, they're not. And defunding the FBI now, that's a good one. I like that one. They should slash the FBI's budget. But McConnell and Schumer and Biden and and Pelosi, they added $3.5 billion, billion dollars to the FBI's budget. No holds barred. You like that? Yeah, so they can continue to do their good works. But when Matt Gates said that at CPAC, I basically said, that's not going to happen. Why are you even saying that? You could say you're going to slash their budget. That I'm all for. But you're not going to defund them. That's not going to happen. Um, so Biden grabs onto that. So he says, look at this. Look at this. I guess Biden was watching CPAC on TV in Wilmington. Maybe he was watching CPAC in Wilmington. What else would he do? What does Biden do in Wilmington? What does Delaware, boys, what does Delaware? I'm curious. What does Biden do in Wilmington? I have my own theories that he gets special help that we don't know about. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when you switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile? That's right. Save $900 a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to woke corporations like Verizon, and AT&T or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy, supporting a company that is veteran-owned and shares your values and that has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast, Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So California pulled $55 million from its work with Walgreens because Walgreens won't sell the abortion pill. I don't believe Walgreens has ever sold the abortion pill. But this is how the, the totalitarian left, the Democrat Party, this is how they do business with the Iron Fist. They're not interested in a choice. They're interested in compelling you to do what they want you to do. And we saw that in the hearings yesterday with Matt Taibbi and, some, and another gentleman, Schellenberger, uh, who are both liberals, and um, they were attacked. 
and their journalistic standards, of which they actually have them, and you don't have many journalists that do, were under attack. Are you getting paid? No, journalists don't get paid. Don't you know that? Are you, uh, are you, uh, going to give us your sources? No, I, I don't do that. Well, it must be Elon Musk if you're not giving us your sources. Well, I can't say that. I'm, you can draw your own clue. Well, no, it must be. These people are tyrannical. They're tyrants. They're thrilled the FBI and the DHS have been working with these platforms. Thrilled. Because they believe in totalitarian government. I'm the first one to explain this over a 20-year period, and I'll say it till the day is done. It is absolutely true. Now, Jane Fonda's on The View today, and I want you to listen to this, hat tip to Newsbusters. Cut 12, go. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when no, and how many children... No, we have not. We just lost it a couple of years back, didn't we? Either wear a mask or else, either get vaccinated or you're going to lose your job. Where was Jane Fonda when all this was taking place? Where was she? Not that we care, but they're, they're rolling around again. Hanoi Jane... I wonder if Hanoi Jane has ever met Denang Dick, Mr. Producer. Let's start at the top again. Cut 12, go. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Wow. So why don't they put up on the screen immediately... A video of partial birth abortion. Why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? What does she mean we're never going back? Did she go back to something? I don't even know. Does she have kids, Mr. Producer? I'm curious. Nobody knows. We're not going back? What does that mean? Go ahead. Rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, then, and, and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's the truth. Oh, Jane Fonda will get a Nobel Prize. Who's the idiot? Sonny Houston? Houston? Is that it? Of course it is. They have a real diversity viewpoint there. They have a Trump hater and uh, four or five Yentas on the left. And combined, they have an IQ of negative 17. And I say this even though it's the International Month of the Woman or whatever the hell it is. I wonder if Jane Fonda can describe what a woman is. Their favorite Supreme Court justice couldn't. I'm just curious. Go ahead. I'm not going to do it. Besides besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well, it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with it. Worst. She's Joking. just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about uh, Yeah, She's just kidding. She's just kidding. And they can kid about murder. But whatever crosses anybody else's lips, who isn't on the radical Marxist left, 
it would destroy their career, right? Right? You'd have Soros' group, Media Matters. You would have Dan Abrams' group, Mediocreite. You'd have all these fraudulent, phony, tax-sucking-up groups. Did you hear what he said? Oh. So there's Jane Fonda. Wait a minute. Was there Lily Tomlin there, too? Oh, good. Bringing out the oldies. Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Really? Lily Tomlin was funny on laughing. Did she do anything since that? I don't think so. And Jane Fonda? Is she married again, or am I missing something? Oh, she has three kids? Well, lucky them. There you have it. So she didn't abort her kids. Sounds like she had her kids. Well, isn't that swell? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-381. By the way, don't miss my show, I hope. Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel. You might want to jot that down. If you have a DVR, and I think you do, can you set it to record the, the show just in case you miss it? And once you set it, you don't have to keep setting it. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, all times in between and around. This Sunday, I think you're going to love it. And uh, I definitely appreciate it when you folks tune in. Because I do it for you. That's the God's honest truth. And so I hope you'll check it out. Colin Kaepernick is really a low life. He really is. Here's two people who adopt him. Two people who adopt him. And he smears them. You know, sometimes even if you have a disagreement with a family member, you don't have to tell the whole world. I don't get that. I really don't. I mean, that just shows you complete 100% lack of character. His parents didn't do anything wrong to him. His parents may have saved him. They adopted him. So listen to this. He's on CBS Mornings yesterday, hawking his fantastic book. I joke, tongue-in-cheek. Cut 20, go. It's his true high school coming of age story. His journey embracing his blackness, despite resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. Now, just stop there. This CBS Morning yesterday. CBS Morning, the Today Show, Good Morning, America. They've all turned into crap. In between their little baking and their left. They're your typical leftists. Can you imagine being this guy's parents? Having adopted him and nurtured him and raised him, taking good care of him. Then he attacks them. And then you hear Insurgias on CBS Morning News. Go ahead, please. Start from the top. 
It's his true high school coming of age story, his journey mm. embracing his blackness, despite mm. resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. I know my parents love me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through. I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. It's just amazing to me. So this couple adopts him. He is uh, he's the child of an interracial, you know, he's an interracial child. And he's embracing his blackness. And but his parents, you know, were racist. They loved him, but they were racist. They adopted him and took care of him. They knew what color he was. I mean, this is really outrageous. And, you know, he probably went through some growing pains as a kid, you know, puberty and all the rest of it. And then he's and then he's projecting racism onto his parents. I tell you, it's just incredible to me. No character whatsoever. Go ahead. From his icon, basketball star Allen Iverson, who he said wore his blackness like a suit of armor. And teenage Kaepernick wanted cornrows to match. He's getting what roles, his mom asked? Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. Your mom Become. said that to you. Yeah. And you know no- what? You can say that to your son. Let's say your son dyes his hair purple. Right, Mr. Producer? Or dyes his hair green. Now, this has nothing to do with cornrows. I'm just saying. If you're a parent, you might say, you know, you're not going to get a job doing that. You're not going to get a job doing that or this, that, or the other. Well, they're cornrows. Okay. That doesn't mean they're racist. It means they wondered, how you, how are you going to get a job? I would never agree with that. In fact, we had a situation where one of our kids did dye their hair. But that said, why would you attack your parents like this? I'm quite serious about it. Maybe your parents didn't understand. Maybe your parents, whatever. But I wouldn't accuse them of being racists. And of course, they don't have a platform to defend themselves. Nobody's going to give him a platform. I actually like the way these cornrows hair looks. Mr. Producer, you know that? I can't. I'm bald. In fact, I've seen people with it, and I've told them they look good. Because uh, I just like it, but I can't do it. For obvious reasons, I'm bald. Nonetheless, go ahead. Spaces where it's like, okay, how do I navigate this situation now? But it also is informed why I have my hair long today. What? He doesn't have the cornrows because his parents were critical of him when he was a kid? Now, come on, does that... You're an adult. You can do that if you want now, Colin. Colon. What is it? Colin or colon? Because I call him Kaepernick all the time. It is Colin? 
Well, some people say Colin, Colin Powell. Remember him? There, we just lost four minutes of our lives discussing this. Maggie Hagerman, a.k.a. Maggot Haberman, she's on CNN yesterday. And she's the go-to expert you see on Donald Trump, because she's obsessed with Donald Trump. But there is uh, something interesting that she actually said yesterday. I, I was very taken back by this. Cut 19... Hat tip, media ochreite, Anderson Cooper, go. Yeah, I mean, how do you expect him to react to this? Does it affect his campaign? All right, let me, let me, let me, let me lay it out. This is Trump, where this clown in Manhattan is trying to build some kind of case against him by using novel legal theories, which is shocking. You're trying to concoct a legal theory to go after an ex-president who's running for president again. It's, it's unbelievable to me. Now, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, how do you expect him to react to this? Does it affect his campaign at all? So we don't, we're entering uncharted territory here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to note about this case. As Kara said, this is a misdemeanor that they're trying to push up to a felony. It's a, it's a, Which is a really a kind of... Exotic. Exotic, it's an exotic yes. case. And, and a judge could decide, no, we're going to knock it back to a misdemeanor. Uh, that, is, that is difficult for a prosecutor when it's a former president. I understand, uh, you know, justice is supposed to be equal, uh, you know, for all. But, you, you know, people take into consideration factors like this. I think we could see a rallying effect from his supporters. It could be that more people are turned off by this. I just don't think we know. We know how he will use it, which is that he will say he's being attacked and victimized. And we have seen that over and over again. We're going to continue to. Because he's been attacked and victimized over and over again. And this is another example. And it's funny how she does twist this about two thirds of the way in. I know justice is supposed to be equal. Well, if justice is supposed to be equal, why are they trying to concoct a novel legal theory to go after the former president. Now, this this stinks to high heaven. It stinks to high heaven. It's real third world stuff. That's what it is. It's even worse. It's even worse. That's first world communist China stuff. That they have to come up with a novel legal theory, trying to move a misdemeanor to a felony. Are you kidding me? But as I've said before, the hush money hush money. These are non-disclosure agreements. As my wife reminds me, every company enters into these when people are hired, when people are retired. Uh, and by the way, in the federal government, they're entered into all over the place. Even campaigns have them. I wonder if the Biden campaign has any. It's not hush money. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's a freshman congressman from Texas who uh, I didn't know, but he's extraordinarily impressive. I heard him speak for the first time uh, at CPAC when he attended uh, uh, one of the events I was at, CPAC Shabbat. And very, very impressive. Wesley Hunt, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. Great seeing you. Last week, it was, it was a joy to spend some time with you. And likewise, and my wife and my stepson and all those wonderful people there. And uh, 
tell us a little bit about your background. I think you should be known nationally a little bit more broadly than you are currently. Well, sure, I have to do it. Yeah, I, I come from a military family, like we talked about. My dad is a retired colonel. Uh, my sister went to West Point, my family first. I went to West Point, my family second. And my brother is also a West Point graduate. There's about 16 years worth of military service just in my immediate family. Uh, at one point in 2006, we were all facing Baghdad together. My sister was a military intelligence officer. I was an Apache pilot flying over Baghdad, and my brother was a naval officer officer, uh, he was a service officer, a naval officer in the, in the Persian Gulf, and, and we were all there together for about two months at the same time. So service is very important to me, and you only get three West Point graduates in one house. We have a very conservative home. And just to say this, it's not relevant to most people, but I want people to know, your family is African-American. Your, your military service, as, you, as the nation just heard, is extraordinarily deep. How did you decide to run for Congress and get involved in politics? You know, I think uh, when you talk about service in my family and my dad raised us to believe that this is the greatest country in the world. And if you can't make it here, then you can't make it anywhere. My dad talked about my great-great-grandfather being a slave and the fact that his great-great-grandchildren all attended West Point, all had the honor of serving our country, all earned multiple master's degrees in Ivy League schools. It's incumbent upon us to find ways to give back to our country post-military service, and running for Congress was just that route for me. And it's an honor to be able to serve the 800,000 people that live in the greater area in Texas, 38th Congressional District. You said the greater what area? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Did we lose? I think we, if you're on a speaker, I just need you to pick it up because you're coming in and out. So my, my, my next question to you is this. You've only been in Congress really, what, a couple of months of that. Is it all that you thought it would be at this early point? As I say, you, you, you just got there. You know, we had an interesting first week, as you can imagine, with that speaker's vote. Uh, but I will also tell you, it's an honor every day to walk through the halls of, cro- of Congress. And I always tell the story about every time I go vote, I walk past where Abraham Lincoln's desk sat when he was mm. a member of Congress. And as rough as our days might be, and as difficult as times might seem, serving in Congress is an honor. And it's, it's like that there, there are... 800,000 people to represent. And one fun fact about my district is that it's a white majority district. It's a district that President Trump would have won by over 20 points. And we won without a runoff in a 10-person primary. I tell that story because this is not the party or this is the party that's the best. Mr. Producer, call, call the congressman back because I want him to be heard and this is cutting in and out. If we can do that, please. All right, we're going to try and get him back because he's really a remarkable young man. And I want you to learn about Wesley Hunt. You heard in part what he said. He's African-American and his district is overwhelmingly white. You've heard Byron Donalds talk about the same thing. Um, When it comes to the Democrats, uh, they feel like they they have to have districts that are overwhelmingly minority in order to elect minorities to Congress. That's not the case with the Republican Party. And as you can see, um, in most of the the minorities who are Republican uh, are representing districts 
that are either highly diversified in terms of population and race and so forth, or they're white. And this doesn't get said enough. And that's why guys like Wesley Hunt and Byron Donalds and so many others, and we're talking about Hispanic Americans, too, who are Republican and represent these areas. It's why they come under attack, because they demonstrate the false narrative of the Democrat Party, which is endless. They demonstrate that the Democrat Party, the party of slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and all the rest of it, that when they try and project onto the Republicans their own history, the history of the Democrat Party, it's, it's a fraud. It's a complete fraud. So I want to point that out. You'll let me know when you have them back, okay, mister? All right, we're working on it. And if we don't get him back, we'll bring, we'll bring uh, Wesley back on Monday. All right, Mr. Producer? Because I want to talk to him. The FBI may have used FISA to spy on the congressman overseeing FISA, whose renewal is top legislative priority for Biden. You want to hear this from the Daily Wire? The FBI may have abused, again, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act to spy on the very congressman tasked with overseeing FISA, according to revelations at a congressional hearing yesterday. How many of you heard about this? Zero? Representative Darren LaHood, Republican of Illinois. Now, if this is the son of, uh, of LaHood, who served in Congress forever and then became Transportation Secretary under Obama, his father was quite liberal. I'm assuming it's the same LaHood. I mean, how many LaHoods are there from Illinois? He's a member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And his name was Ray LaHood. Said at a committee hearing that he has reason to believe that he is the unnamed congressman who a recently declassified report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence admitted FBI agents wrongfully conducted a search on. Now let me get this straight. Darren LaHood is a congressman on the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence in the House that oversees FISA. FISA is coming up for renewal. And the, uh, and the director of DNI, that office, that oversees intelligence, said that he's the unnamed congressman who was recently monitored under FISA? LaHood is leading a working group tasked with oversight and renewal of Section 702 of FISA. Last month, President Joe Biden asked Congress to reauthorize it. Now, the ODNI report covering December 2019 to May 2020 says the FBI searched the name of a local political party, the name of a congressman, despite not being reasonably likely to reveal foreign intelligence or evidence of a crime. What do you think about that, folks? This is unbelievable. Even Congressman LaHood isn't safe. I take it we couldn't get him back, right, Mr. Producer? All right, hopefully next after the next break. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right, we're back with our man Wesley Hunt. Wesley Hunt, so I I was asking, even though you've only just barely been in Congress, are things sort of the way you thought they would be? You know, there, things are it's, it's, things are amazing in, in the sense that it's an honor to be able to get up every day and represent 800,000 people that live in the greater Houston area where I was born and raised here in Congressional District 38. And we, we got cut off, but I was telling you that every time I go vote, I make sure that I walk past the desk where Abraham Lincoln's desk was during his time at House of Representatives many years ago. And that's a constant reminder of, of the duty that we have to the American people and to the American public. And, and as somebody who is a descendant of slaves, my great-great-grandfather was a slave, and three of his great-great-grandchildren attended West Point, earned multiple master's degrees from Ivy League schools, and one of them got, had the honor of becoming a congressman. It's something I take very seriously, and this last few months has been a reminder of how wonderful this country really is. What do you make of colleagues who really are Marxists and um, oh, yeah. who are constantly pushing the, the racism theme of all races, by the way, constantly pushing the racism theme and so forth. I mean, your family lived all this. And uh, you look at this and you're a patriot. What, what do you make all that? I think, I think they're fools, to be honest with you. And I was speaking to a gentleman yesterday. We had a conversation about what if we constantly told our children that, they, that if they tried to do something, they tried to get better at something, they improved tremendously, and then we continue to tell them every single day that they're not good enough. Well, eventually they're going to stop trying. And I want to talk about the fact that my father grew up in segregated schools in New Orleans, and his great and, and, and his and his grandfather was a slave. His my father's son, me, is now a United States congressman in my father's lifetime. I'm a congressman in a white majority district that President Trump would have won by over twenty three points. And we won by twenty eight points in this district. It's a majority white district. That's what I call progress. So all my friends on the left that want to constantly talk about how racist this country is, how lost we are, CRT, specific racism, they are forgetting how far we've come. Boy, you really give it some real perspective. And um, it's so true. And, and, and the country is a great country. There's so many opportunities that people are crossing our border illegally to get here of all races and so forth. I just wonder how they react to such a thing. Which committees do you sit on? 
I sit on uh, the Judiciary Committee, I sit on Natural Resources, and I sit on Small Businesses. So I have the opportunity, especially on Judiciary, to really get after some of these points that you're talking about right now, to really challenge the left when they want to call everything racist. I, I actually called this the other day in a hearing. I said, they, they have now become the party that continues to be the boy that cries wolf. Everything is about racism. And now when you do that, it cheapens the few times where it does actually happen. But what it really cheapens is the progress that we've had in our country. I think it's going to take some great patriots like myself and you, sir, to continue to call them out on it because enough is enough. And yet it's risky to call them out on it, isn't it? Because then you come under attack, particularly if you're a minority. I noticed with Tim Scott, I noticed with Byron Donalds, these guys are hated by the left, particularly the left, white leftists, because you don't fit the narrative, no? That's, that, that's exactly correct, and, and they can't really hurt my feelings, sir. I'm, a, I'm, in, a, I'm in a passion pilot. Uh, and so there's nothing they can say to me that's really going to hurt me, too, that I tell you that. I'm a fighter. And what I love about being this person is, is I don't fit their narrative, and I don't want their pity, I don't want their sympathy, and I don't want them telling how a black man is supposed to think. I know the country that I lived in. I know my heritage. I know my background. And I can think for myself, that's the reason why I am a conservative. I have the honor of living in this country right now. I have the honor of knowing that I have 14 of my West Point classmates that gave their lives for this country. And by the way, sir, they were all white guys. But they didn't die for black people or for white people or for Hispanic people. They died for Americans. You see, sir, I know that. And we have the truth on our side and they can call me whatever they want it doesn't bother me at all because i know how far we've come as a country and i want to be able to say that we've come even further 20 years from now and i want to be a catalyst for that movement we're talking to wesley hunt freshman congressman republican from the great state of texas represents a big swath of the houston metro area and um i met him at cpac shabbat uh, last weekend and was incredibly impressed and you can hear why I'm incredibly incredibly uh, impressed are you concerned sir that Joe Biden is kind of playing chicken with the Republicans in the house you either accept his massive 6.8 trillion dollar budget with new entitlements unprecedented spending massive tax increases or I'll say you you know it's your fault you're going to shut the government down of, of course, and, and you and you can imagine where I am on this. I mean, I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hard no on his budget proposal. But what really actually sticks out to me the most, sir, is the fact that there's not a single penny that's going to our southern border to secure it. That's what really bothers me the most. Last year, sir, we lost a hundred thousand Americans to the fentanyl overdoses. It's because of China sending fentanyl to the cartels, and the cartels are killing Americans, and we're at war. And in that budget proposal. Nothing is said about that. We have a border czar that refuses to go to the border. Currently, we are not a sovereign nation because we have a forest border. So what I find funny is that they want to spend on all their woke policies and they want to spend on all their pet liberal projects. When it comes down to grass tax and doing right by the American people and protecting us and protecting our sovereignty, they can't find a red cent for it. And we're going to call them out on it. Same with defense. I mean, they're talking about, as I understand it, a 3.5% increase, which is a decrease because that doesn't keep up with inflation. 
And yet Department of Education, they get a 13% increase. What a screwed up budget, no? And, and, and it's also a lack of priorities. Again, uh, the reason why this country is a sovereign nation is actually because our defense this is still the greatest fighting force in the entire world. I hear a lot of criticisms that say, well, you know, America spends as much as the next eight or nine countries combined on our defense. Well, that's also the reason why we are safe. That's also the reason why we remain at the tip of the spear. I would much rather invest in our in our defense than invest in our failed uh, education system that we have seen completely fail our young people over the course of the, of the last two years, especially since COVID. And I certainly don't want to fund CRT and teaching system immigration to our young people. And of course, governments like the Communist Chinese, they lie about their defense spending. Plus, it's hard to really know because they fuse civilian spending with defense spending. So it's 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 not one. We're not comparing apples with apples, but you make a great point. The issue for us is what do we need for defense? Why do we even care what anybody else does? And I think we need a hell of a lot more considering what's going on, you know, obviously without the wokeness. But we're spending trillions and trillions and trillions. And yet the number one responsibility of the government is to defend us. It's it's the military. It's defense because the states and the individuals can't do it. I don't see it. You are correct. And, and Xi Jinping is watching. Vladimir Putin is watching. The world is watching us right now at our weakest military state the last 20 years. That's why we're seeing balloons flying fly across our country, and we do nothing about it. This is why Vladimir Putin moved in the Ukraine. This is why Taiwan right now is in trouble. This is why Iran is still on path, on path and on pace to get a nuclear weapon. All this is happening right now because they recognize that we are weak in this country. We have a weak leader. We have a weak administration and we are far more focused on transgender bathrooms than we are fighting you know at west point i lived in robert e lee barracks and I, it's my understanding that they're changing the name of robert e lee barracks that's very disappointing to me because we are more focused on changing the names on buildings and talking about what it means to be a military war fighter i don't want social justice warriors anymore i just want warriors and while the entire world is watching us change the names on buildings and tear down statues, they are building their military forces, they're invading our allies, and they're watching us destroy our energy industry and powering our enemies around the world. And this is why we are in this state. Now, the good thing is this, we do have a Republican House. We have two years to expose the hypocrisy of the left. We have an opportunity to take out the presidency, the Senate, and the House in two years. And that's exactly what we are going to do to make the case of the American people to get our country back on track. Congressman Wesley Hunt, Texas, I look forward to having you back, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend, and God bless you. And thank you for all your service, too. Anytime. God bless you, sir. Please give your wonderful bride my best. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Whenever anybody meets my wife, they love her. It's an amazing thing. That's what happened with me. Can you imagine that? That's what happened with me, Mr. Producer. I'll be right back. Mark in. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
folks, please don't forget, set your DVR, but better yet, watch us live Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Live In. We have a great show for you. Hope you'll check us out. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, and the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton. Good night, Rory. Good night, Barney, and good night, Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And America, have a fantastic weekend. Get your engines all started up, and we will see you back on Monday, and I will see you on Sunday, I hope, on Fox at 8 p.m. Eastern. God bless you.